Well, praise the Lord. Good morning. And Jesus is risen. Amen. And that's why I love our God. You know, because He is not some idol made by man's hands. But He is alive. And He is with us. He helps us. And He walks with us every step of the way. Amen. So it is a great joy an honour, a pleasure to be back here. I first came in May 1996 when Tony Blair got elected. I remember it very well. Yeah, first time I came. And uh, such a pleasure to be back. You know, friends, before I preach, I just want you to know that we need God in our lives. Okay? I will preach, but I'm not preaching yet because I'm getting warmed up. I haven't been here for such a long time. I want to see all your faces. You know, all of us, we are a story of God's grace. Isn't that true? Yeah, you think about it. If I were to talk to every one of you, you would have a story to tell me. And we all are a story of God's grace. Amazing grace. You know, and that's why I'm a Christian. Nobody needs to twist my arm and pressure me and force me to be a Christian. I love to be one. I want to be one because there's nothing better. So friends, I want you to know we all need God in our lives. Right? We need Him. Because without God, we will mess up. Are you listening? For sure. Maybe not immediately, but slowly but surely, we will mess up. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how educated you are. You might be royalty or aristocracy. It doesn't matter. You might be Prince Charles or Prince Charming. doesn't matter. Whether you are Jackie Chan or Jet Li. doesn't matter. Really, we will all mess up without God. Yeah, but with God, yes, we will have problems. Yeah, I'm not promising you that with Christ in your life, you have no problems. No, 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 I'm not promising you that. But I'll promise you this. Together with your problems, you have someone who is bigger than your problems. Amen? And that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I've walked with God many years, 50 over years, and I thank God for that. Listen, I've not always been faithful to Him. I'm not some spiritual giant. I want you to know I'm not. I am a normal person just like you. I failed God many times, but let me tell you, my God has never once failed me. Not once, you know. Really, I gave my life to Him a long time ago, and He called me to preach His gospel, and I've done it to the best of my ability, almost 40 years now, you know, and uh, for the past 20-odd years, 30 years almost, uh, I've taken no salary. But I've managed to travel the world with no money. <laughs> because God is with me. Hallelujah. And He has called me. And, and even if I tried to do it myself, I couldn't have arranged it better. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and He's taken care of me and my family because my covenant with God, if you will, my, my deal with God, the handshake, is that God, you take care of my family, and I'll just do your work, okay? I do your work, and you take care of my family. And he has never failed. See? 
I'm a grandpa now. You might not believe it, but I am. And God has seen us through the seasons. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And that's why when we sang that song, Amazing Grace, you know, I was in tears. Because I am reminded of God's goodness in my life. Never fail. Amen? So if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I ask you to invite Jesus into your life now. Because you need God in your life or else you will mess up. Amen? So Easter Sunday, last Sunday was Palm Sunday. We welcome Jesus, you know, and then Good Friday and today Easter Sunday. Amen? If you have your Bibles, turn with me please to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Are you ready to receive God's word? Are you hungry? Yeah, because if you're not hungry, the food won't taste so good. But when you're hungry, it's always good, yeah? And I know many of you have been in church for a long time. You've probably heard every sermon there is to hear. But today, just pretend that you've never heard it before. Is it all right? Pretend you're a Sunday school kid and says, Lord, I, I want to hear this because I, I, I don't know, you know? Don't, don't sit there and say, oh, I know everything, please, okay? Very subtle danger, you know? If you've been in church a long time. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Another version says, Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen? So, therefore, let me read it again. My dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord or always abounding in the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Shall we pray? Will you please stand with me? Okay, because you'll be seated for a while. I won't take very long, but you will be seated for a while. So please stand with me, lift up your right hand, and not just let me do the praying, will you pray as well? Come on, you pray. Ask God to speak to you, ask God to use me, anoint me, and minister to your hearts. Come on, let's pray, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for your presence. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your people who have come. Lord, we give you all praise, honor and glory for the good work that you have begun in our lives and we know that you will bring it to completion. Hallelujah. Lord, you are Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end and you are everything else in between. So, Lord, today we ask you to speak to us, anoint us, let us stand firm and always abound in the work of the Lord because we know our labor in the Lord is not in vain. We serve a risen Savior and we thank you, Father, minister to your people in your own special way. 
We give you praise and thanks. For we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Before you see that, just tell your neighbor, God has a word for you. Okay? Thank you. Please be seated. Hallelujah. God has a word for you. Okay, I, I am not a long-winded preacher. Okay? I always like to keep it short because you can't remember everything. Okay? But I want you to remember the main thing. Amen? Okay. Is my English all right? Because if not, I'll speak something else. <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> okay. okay. Friends, really, we serve a risen Savior. Yeah? And if Christ has not risen, then our faith is in vain. But thank God it is not. He is risen and we of all men have hope. You know, if not, we will be of all men most miserable. So I just want to share three things with you. Very simple, but if you apply it in your lives, it'll make a big difference. Okay? Number one, stand firm. Okay? Or be immovable. Stand firm. You know, the Christian life is not always easy, right? But we have to stand firm. And sometimes that's all you can do. After fighting the fight, the good fight, stand firm. Okay? And how do you do that? You've got to be strong in the Lord. And you've got to be strong in the Word of God. See, friends, there's no shortcut. You need the Word of God in your lives. You know, this whole week, I've been... Uh, hanging out with Pastor Paul Croft. And even when we talk, you know, he always brings up the Word of God. He tells some Christian story to encourage me. I mean, we make each other laugh a lot, but we also talk about the Word, you know, and I'm so blessed by that. You see, the Word is so important. If you neglect the Word, you can never be strong. You can never be a mature Christian and you can never stand firm. You will be wavering. Your faith will falter, especially when we look what's happening all around us in the world today. Isn't that right? Nothing makes sense anymore. So many conspiracy theories, so many things that don't seem right. And who do we believe? It depends on which media we read, right? We don't know what's true and what's fake. What's fake news, what's true? So if we look at all that's happening around us with the Ukraine war and since Brexit and, and all COVID and all that, we lose hope, we lose faith and we cannot stand firm, right? But when you get into the Word, then you are strong. Hallelujah. So there's no shortcut, my friends. You need the Word of God. The Word of God will make you strong. And when you pray in tongues, you Make your spirit man strong. Are you with me? So when we pray, and that's why we need to pray. Okay, so stand firm. The word and walking with God. Pray. And, and you know, sometimes we ask, why do we need to pray, right? Does God know our request even before we pray? Does he? Of course. So why pray then? See, friends, let me tell you the simple answer is this. The prayer is not for God. The prayer is for us. Are you with me? See, I found, I found that out. Because when we pray, not that God doesn't know our prayers and our requests. He already knows them. But when we pray, we are saying to ourselves, I need God. 
See, when you get down on your knees and say, Lord, you see, that's what you're doing. You're humbling your heart. You are posturing your heart, positioning your heart to say, Lord, I need you. Amen? And then you tell him your request. Not that he doesn't know, but he wants to hear you say it. And when you say it, it makes a difference in your own heart and your own life. You recognize, I need God. Isn't it right? Because if you don't pray, what you are actually saying is, God, I can do it on my own. Right? If you don't pray, what it actually means is, Lord, I don't need you. I can handle it myself. See, but when we pray, it's not for God's sake. It's for our own sake. It says, God, I need you. Amen? Amen. So, stand firm. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in His Word. You know why? Because we don't have very long here on earth. Are you listening? Did you know that the average lifespan is only about 30,000 days? Did you know that? That's all you have. 30,000 days. Give or take. So if you are 27 years old this year, you've already done 10,000 days. Yeah. If you are 54, 55 years old, you've already done 20,000 days. And some of you look like your expiry date is very soon. <laughs> it's true. Right? <laughs> Those were the days, my friend, we thought they'd never end. See, we don't have a lot of time, really. 30,000 days. And so we got to make them count for Jesus. Right? So stand firm. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in His Word. That's what Paul tells us. Because our Savior is risen. Our faith is not in vain. We of all people have hope. Not just in this life, but in the next. Amen? Yes, yeah, so number one, stand firm. Okay, number two, Paul says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Okay? Always do the work of God. Now listen, when Paul says that, I want to be very clear. You must do what God has called you to do. Not something else. Okay? Listen, not all church work is God's work. Does that shock you? Okay, let me say that again. Not all church work is God's work. Because, you know, man is very funny. We are funny creatures, you know. We like to boast. We like to show off. We like to do things that make ourselves look good. You see? And we like the praises of men. So many times we do things that God actually never asked us to do. We do it for our own sake, our own reputation, our own image, and our own whatever. You see? And so we've got to be careful. Like number one, you've got to get into the Word, be strong in the Word. And when you are walking in God's Word, God will tell you exactly what you should do. Amen? Don't waste your time doing what God did not ask you to do. Are you with me? So not all church work is God's work. Okay? Some is just vanity. It's just for our own image and our own pride and arrogance. You see, I, I, I've seen a lot of Christians, good people, you understand? They are not bad people, they are good, decent folk. But they do things that God never called them to do because it makes them look good. 
and they like the praises of men, the compliments of men. But I never go for that. You know why? Because men, they are so fickle, isn't it right? Yeah, today they like you, you're good friends with them, they sing your praises to high heavens. But tomorrow you fall out with them and they say, crucify him. It's true. They're very fickle. They change very quickly. So friends, listen. Whatever I do, I'm doing it for my God. I'm doing it for Jesus, not for men. Because the praises of men is vain, is empty. Okay? So that's what I've been doing all these years. I don't care what people think. I care what my Savior thinks. Because men cannot save me. Isn't it true? In the end, can, can anyone save you? No, they can't even save themselves. So how can they reward you in the first place? They can't. You know? So I don't want to look good in front of men. I want to look good in front of God. Are you with me? Yeah. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Not what God did not call you to do, but what He called you to do. And that takes a heart of a servant. Okay, friends, if you want to be great, if you want to be a leader, you've got to be a servant of all. Isn't that the song we sing? Sunday school song. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. You sing it, don't you? Yes. No. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. And it goes on and on. Okay? To remind us, we need to be a servant. Yeah? So I remember a good friend of mine, he's a pastor now, but before he became a pastor, he was the general manager of a big insurance company in Singapore. So in that big office of about 50 people or so, every morning, an older lady, we call her an auntie, all right? In Singapore, we're very respectful of older people. Auntie. Auntie comes to make uh, coffee and tea for all the, the workers every morning. And so everyone gets their cup of coffee and tea on their desk. But this morning, auntie was sick and she couldn't come. And so uh, nobody had any coffee and tea. And my friend, who is the general manager, the boss, he was wondering, where's the coffee and tea? So he asked the people, where's the coffee and tea? And they told him, auntie did not come today. She's sick. Then he asked, why doesn't anyone take the initiative to make coffee and tea? So you know what he did? He got up from his desk, he went to the pantry, and he made coffee and tea for everyone else. And that put them to shame. See? So from that day onwards, when auntie doesn't come, they all make coffee and tea. <laughs> so he taught them a lesson that I, as the boss, it's no problem, I'll make coffee and tea for you. When auntie so now they learn the lesson. You see, friends, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It doesn't have to be great things. Of course, it's good if you pray for the sick and they get healed. Amen? If you pray for the blind and they see, hallelujah, our God does that. But it's not always in the sensational stuff. It's not always in the miraculous and uh, power and glory stuff. Sometimes it's just mundane, daily, simple activities. That's where we really shine for Jesus. Isn't that true? So I remember this story. Again, Paul told me this story, beautiful story, never heard it before. There was this uh, mentor in Africa 
and he will always take one of the younger guys along with him so that they can observe how he ministers, right? Not just teaching, but following him and so they can see. And see, every time they travel, if there's some big rock on the road or, you know, some big stones, this great man of God would stop the car and move the rocks to the side. And so one of the young men asked him, Sir, why, why do you need to move the rocks? We can see it, you know, we just need to avoid the rocks. Why move it? And he said, his answer was, because we can see it because it's daylight. But at night, some people may not be able to see it. And if you're riding on a motorbike or even a bicycle or what, you could hurt yourself, might even die. So I'm moving the rocks so that no one will get injured. Are you with me? See, simple thing. Great men of God moving rocks so that people won't get hurt. And then many years later, now this young man who followed his mentor, now he becomes like the chairman or the president of his denomination. And, and he went to the US, the United States, to speak. And in that same conference, he met his old mentor, who was now probably 80 or so. You know, old, old man already by now. Because his, his uh, disciple was now the big guy, you know, in his denomination. And he met his mentor, they hugged, they caught up, they reconnected. And then when he preached, when he spoke, he told a story about the rocks, how his mentor taught him to move rocks. And he says, I'm still moving them today. See, friends? That story really touched me. Because I don't move rocks, I always think it lets somebody else do it. Right? But no, God wants us to do it. Doesn't have to be the big stuff. You know, if God calls you to do the big stuff, praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Nothing wrong with it. Okay? I used to love to do the big stuff, but now I prefer the small stuff. Honestly, friends, I'm not kidding. I'm not telling you this to appear humble. You know, I love to preach in the big churches when I was younger. You know, when a big church invites me, a thousand people, oh, I get all, you know, stirred up in my spirit. Gung-ho, you know. I just couldn't wait to preach, especially it's three or four services a Sunday. Man, I'm all ready. But today, no, I prefer to preach in smaller churches. I don't need all the bright lights and the high-profile things. You know why, friends? Because I really believe, honestly, that when we all get to heaven, the big names who are here today may not necessarily be the big names in heaven, right? I think the people who are nameless and faceless and rankless, they will be the big names in heaven. The small pastor, so to speak, the small church pastor who is pastoring in a barrio somewhere in the Philippines or a village in Africa, he's only got 50 members in that church, you know? He will be the real hero in heaven. You know why? Because he, his village only has 100 people. He got half of them saved already, <laughs> attending his church. Isn't that right? You see the difference? God does not look at the numbers. God looks at our heart. Yeah. So be a servant. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Not what, never call, what, not what God never called you to do, but to do what God called you to do. Don't do it for men. All right? There's a book entitled Placebo. Have you heard of it? Have you read it? 
Placebo was written some time ago by a man called Howard Pittman. Howard Pittman. Now, to cut a long story short, Howard Pittman was a very respected and good pastor. He had a good reputation. And one day, on the operating theater, he died. He, he, he literally died. So he went to heaven. And when he went to heaven, he thought that Jesus was going to reward him with big rewards. Why? Because he had a sterling reputation on earth, right? But you know what happened? When Jesus came, he said he was squirming like a worm. Because when Jesus appeared, he realized then that all that he did was actually not for the Lord. He was doing it for himself. Now you go read that book, Placebo, by Howard Pittman. And God was merciful, gave him back his life. So he got re revived, and that's how he wrote this book, of course. If not, how can he write the book, right? You understand? Right? Go read it. And when I read this story, it spoke to me, you know. Really. And I asked myself, Lawrence, are you like him? Are you doing all this for yourself? For your own name? For your own reputation? So people will say you're good. People will say you're fantastic. Are you doing it for yourself? Or actually doing it for the Lord? And I had to search my own heart. You know, because nobody will know, right? Isn't it true? When you stand there, you lift up your hands, you worship the Lord, you sing. Who knows? Only God knows what's in our heart. See? Because man always looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So I want my heart to be right before God. Yeah? Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be humble. Be a servant. Okay? And do it for the Lord, not for men. Okay? Because we serve a risen Savior. And you know the best part, point number three now. Very fast, right? I don't beat around the bush. Okay? I promise you it'll be short and sharp. What is number one? Stand firm. Stand firm. Very good. What is number two? Always abound in the work of the Lord. And number three is because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah! We do all this because one day we will receive our rewards. I love rewards, don't you? You look at the kids. They found all their Easter eggs and they got their reward. Under three minutes. <laughs> well, but ours will take a bit longer, you know. It's a whole life of faithful service to the Lord. Amen? But make no mistake, we will receive our rewards. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Friends, did you know that God will reward you? Yeah. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. Never grow old. And someday yonder we will never more wonder but walk on streets that are pure as gold. You know this song, don't you? It's a hymn. Oh, you don't know this song. There's this single lady, worship leader, and the pastor says, today I want you to choose three hymns. And she got all excited. She said, yippee, I'll choose him, him, and him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just kidding. 
I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old and someday yonder we will never more wonder but walk on streets that are purest gold amen our rewards purest gold are streets so ladies Try not to accumulate too much jewelry here on earth. Not to, because they're not going to last forever. The streets of heaven made of gold. You have too much jewelry. When the rapture takes place, you go up halfway and gravity will pull you down. Okay? Yeah, be a minimalist, okay? You don't have to accumulate stuff here on earth because this world is not our home. Amen. No, really. I mean, what, what's all these diamonds and gold and silver? You're not going to bring it with you to heaven. Give it away. Yeah. Give it to the Lord for missions. Help the Ukrainians. Yes. You see, I lived all my life very simply. I don't have much. I like to joke I have no financial problems because I have no finance. <laughs> I always like to say that because, because I really don't have much. Now, you know, my kids are different. You know, my kids like to have this and that. Honestly, because they are from a different generation. But I don't, I don't, I don't like the stuff they accumulate. They're always ordering online, you know. Every now and then in Singapore, these last two years, COVID, right? Ding dong, and I open the, oh, it's, it's for Stephanie, okay. Ding dong, it's for Timothy. They're always ordering stuff, you know. And I'm wondering, why do they need all this stuff? Where are you going to put them in the first place, you know? And they clutter up my house. See, but me, I've got nothing much. I got a few shirts, I got a few trousers, some shoes, some socks with holes. And I'm happy. I'm a happy man. I'm happy as Larry. That's my name, by the way. Lawrence is Larry, right? I don't need much because my rewards are up there, not here. Really, friends, what am I living for? Not for this earth. Not for this world. What is there in this world to hold me back? You know, I don't want to hang around this crummy world. You know, if Jesus comes today, I'm ready to go. Are you with me? Why? Because my rewards in heaven are far better than anything I can have here on earth. You know, you can bring me to the best restaurants, the five-star hotels and everything, you know, the biggest car and all the rewards on earth. You know, after a while, let me tell you, after a while, you get sick of it. It becomes normal. Isn't that true? I've got a friend who works in the Shangri-La. You know, his job is to travel incognito to go to different hotels, Shangri-La hotels, and go in as a guest, and he will make the assessment. You see? So they think he's a guest, but actually he's working for the hotels so that they can improve their service. And he says in the beginning, he was so excited. He gets to stay in a five-star hotel every night. You understand? But he says after a year or two, he gets sick of it. He just wants his own bed, his own smell, you know. You see, when you get things that are good all the time, it becomes normal already. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. So I don't go after the money. I don't go after the prosperity. And the, of course, 
I like it, don't get me wrong, okay? I like it, but I don't go after it. If God gives it to me, hallelujah, I'll take it. If not, it's all right. Is it true? I don't need it to be happy. I am happy. Happiness can be found in your own backyard. If only you look hard enough. See, we always think we need more. No, you don't need to have more to be happy. You just need to be more happy. Amen. Because I've got my rewards in heaven. Come on, say it with me, my friends. Because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Come on, say it with me like you mean it. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Do you really believe that, my friends? Come on, look at me. Read my lips. Do you really believe it? That your labor in the Lord is not in vain? Yes. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because my labor is not in vain. Nowadays, I don't do what God never told me to do. I don't want to be, you know, too smart. I just listen to God, and when He asks me to do it, I do it. If not, I won't touch it. You see? Because I know my labor in the Lord is not in vain. When I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. Some of you have heard this testimony before, but some of you have not. I wanted to make big money. But somewhere along the way, God called me to Bible school. So I had to give up my law school to go to Bible school. And I did it. And uh, the rest is history. I've been serving the Lord ever since. And uh, you know why I do all this? Because whatever it is on earth is only temporal. Isn't that right? Can't last. But what I'm doing for the Lord is eternal. I'm investing in eternity. Please, help me to preach, okay? Can you just turn to your neighbor, tell them these three words, invest in eternity. Come on, please. Invest in eternity. Are you? Are you investing in eternity? That's a good investment. It's a really good in investment because it will bring you great dividends. Better than anything here on earth. Better than Bitcoin or whatever coin you may have, you know? Yeah. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I serve the Lord because I know that my labor in the Lord is not in vain. One day He will reward me. I heard a pastor who told the story that when he got to heaven, God showed him his house, you know. He had a vision. God showed him his house and it was a beautiful house. All right, big and nice and everything. But then when he looked up, the house had no roof. <laughs> so he got kind of confused, you know, and asked the Lord, why, why does my house have no roof? And the Lord replied, because when you were here on earth, you didn't send enough materials for us to build a roof. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny, you know. <laughs> so did you send enough Materials to heaven to build a whole house? Yeah, you know, we, we work so hard for the things here that don't really matter in the end. Is that true? You think about it. Think about it. Your education, your children's education, you know, that bigger house, that bigger car. Now listen, listen. They are not wrong, okay? It's not wrong to have a bigger house, not wrong to have a bigger car, not wrong to have a better job. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, if you ask God for the right thing, God will give you all the others as well. Okay, so that is not wrong. But your priority must be what? God first, right? See, that's the thing. Your priority must be God. So we, we, we do so much for the things that are temporal, but we forget to invest in eternity. Because one day when we stand before God, all the things that we work so hard for not going to matter in the end. Isn't that right? You know, you know, I've had a lot of time to think in these two years. I've not traveled for two years. I've been stuck in Singapore. And uh, when the house is empty, I'm all alone. I've got a lot of time to think. And I walk every day. You know, every day I've got my watch that tells me to walk 10,000 steps a day. Yeah, so I do. 10,000 steps in the park, which is about 8 kilometers. Okay? In fact, here I've walked from St. Anne's to Lytham three times already. That's 5 kilometers. Okay, so I do it every day. No, not every day, I mean back home. What was I about to say? Oh yeah, I've got plenty of time to think. Okay? And really, I think that <clears throat> people are going about their daily lives accumulating things that really don't matter in the end. Right? Their reputation, their status in society, their reputation, their possessions, children's education and this and that. But one day when we stand before Jesus, he won't be asking us, right? What was your uh, title in the bank? You know, what kind of car do you drive? Maserati? Ferrari? A BMW? He's not going to ask you these kind of questions. How much money do you have in the bank? Is it more than a million pounds? All these don't matter, right? Isn't it true? He's not going to ask us these kind of questions. He's going to ask only one life. What did you do with that one life? 30,000 days, remember. Don't have a lot. And soon it will be gone. The days of our lives are but 70 years. Or if you are strong, 80. Okay, so teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. Amen, friends? So because Jesus is alive, Number one, we stand firm. Some of you are going through struggles that nobody knows about right now. Some of you are discouraged or disillusioned. Friends, sometimes all we can do is to stand. Stand firm. Help will come. Things will change. But today, you just stand firm. Amen? Be strong in the Word and be strong in the Lord. Pray. Look to God. Pray. And pray is not because God doesn't know your request. Prayer is for yourself. To say, Lord, I need you. Because without you, I will mess up. Are you listening? Without you, I will mess up my life. See how many great people, successful people, they've got everything, and yet they are so stupid to mess it all up. For what? For a moment of pleasure. Right? For a moment of fame and glory. They mess it all up. Because without God, you will mess up. I guarantee you that. But with God, you've got it made. Amen. Amen. So stand firm. Number two, always abound in the work of God. Give yourselves to the work of God. Not what God did not call you to do. Only what God had shown you. Do it. 
and He will reward you. Amen. And last but not least, because we know our labour in the Lord is not in vain. Say with me, not in vain. Isn't it true? It's not in vain. I look forward to that day. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and He takes me by the hand and walks me through the promised land. What a day that will be, my friends. I'm looking forward to that day because there's nothing on earth that attracts me. Really, nothing. Maybe Cadbury chocolate, you know. <laughs> but nothing on earth that attracts me. Right? I want to see my Jesus. And I pray, come Lord Jesus, come. Because this world is not my home. I've got a mansion over the hilltop. I'm looking forward to that day. Are you with me? If you, if, if you have it so good here on earth that you don't want to go to heaven, something is wrong, I tell you. You understand? When heaven is here on earth already, now this is your heaven, then something is wrong. You see, friends, because this world is very temporal, very short. Our home, our real home is heaven. Amen, friends. So therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, Paul says, Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Amen? Not all church work is God's work. Okay? And our rewards will come. Let us pray, shall we? Please keep your eyes closed. Keep your heads bowed. Have a posture of waiting on God. Father, I want to thank you for your word and for your people who are here. I pray for those who may be struggling and discouraged by one thing or another. I pray that you will encourage them today and that Having done everything, Lord, they will stand and stand firm. That they will let nothing move them because they are strong in the Lord and they are strong in your word. And I pray for the rest of us, dear God, that we will always abound in your work because we know that the, our labour in the Lord is not in vain. That we will redeem the time because the days are evil and Jesus, you are returning soon. And we want to be ready. Thank you, Father. Keep your eyes closed. I want to pray for those of you here today. You know, I want to thank you for coming. Listen, now, if, if you are within sound of my voice, okay, and you are not sure that heaven is your home, you're not certain, you have some doubt, you have some reservation that if anything were to happen, you are not sure that heaven is your home. You're not sure your sins are forgiven and you're uncertain if you're walking with God. I want to pray for you today. So no one looking around, keep your eyes closed. Is there someone here today? Please raise your hand. I want to pray for you. If you want to be sure. Yes, anyone? Thank you. Thank you, brother. Is there anyone else? Yes, God bless you, brother. Okay, thank you. You can put down your hand now. 
praise the Lord. Okay, let me pray specifically for the two of you before I move on. All right, can we all pray, church? Thank God, here we have two brothers who today want to be sure. Amen. They are not certain, but Holy Spirit has spoken to them and they want to make sure. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking to my dear brothers. Lord, we recognize that in our spirit, man, something assures us that this is the truth and that without God, we will mess up. So Lord, we need you in our lives. And today I pray that Jesus, you will come into the lives of my dear brother. Hallelujah. Let them know that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to God the Father but through you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, dear God. And now I ask you to pray this prayer after me. You lift up your hands. Please pray this prayer after me. And church, can I ask you to pray along? Not, not that you are not saved, but just pray along to encourage our brothers. Can we say it out loud? Can you pray this prayer after me? Everyone, please. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And you are risen to give us life, eternal life. So, Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Dear Jesus, forgive all my sins. Make me a child of the living God. Give me your salvation and let me walk with you. I thank you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to pray for another group of people. Your eyes closed, please. If this word today, Easter Sunday, has spoken to you, I believe in divine appointments. I believe God brought me here for a time such as this. And God has spoken to your heart in one way or another. I, I'm not telling you how God should speak to you, all right? But through this simple message, all right, to stand firm, to always give yourselves fully to the work of God, and then you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. If God has spoken to you in any way, and you say, yes, please pray for me, I want to make a commitment again to my God this Easter Sunday, this special day, this appointed day. Help me, Lord, to live the life that you have in store for me. I want to pray for you today. God's anointing is here. God's presence is in this place. And if you are that person, will you just lift up your hands? I want to pray for you. Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, madam. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Keep your hands raised, and I want to pray for you. Father, you see these hands that are raised. Amen. God sees your heart. God knows exactly all that you are going through. I pray, dear God, that you will use them, you will anoint them, your grace will be their portion, and Lord, they will always abound in the work of the Lord. They will do what you have called them to do, and Lord, they will receive their rewards. Great is their reward when you come, dear Father. I thank you. I ask that you will be with them, that you will supply their every need, and as they labor in the Lord, you will help them and use them for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Now I want to pray for this church, all right? Father, I thank you for this church, Hope Church. I pray that you will raise up mighty men and women in this congregation, not necessarily in big ways, but in the small ways even, to remove the rocks from the road so that others will not be injured. Lord, I pray for Pastor John and Ruth. I pray for his leadership, his ministry, and his family, dear God, that he will lead them on from glory to glory. Hallelujah. I pray for this congregation that we will stand behind the leadership, pray for them, uphold them, so that this church will shine as a light for Jesus in Lytham and beyond. Hallelujah. I pray, dear God, that you will meet our every need, that, Lord, we will learn to seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, and in all these things that we will need will be added unto us. Thank you, Father. So bless every faithful leader, every life group leader, every member who comes faithfully. I pray, dear God, that as the salt of the earth, Lord, they will add flavour to the lives of people around them. So thank you, Lord, for this Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you that our Saviour is alive, He is risen, and Lord, we look forward to all that you have in store for us. Make our lives count, Lord. The 30,000 days, let it count for Jesus. And Lord, we are careful to give you back praise, honour and glory. We ask in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.